welcome to Families for Life, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're talking about prayer. Welcome back, listeners. It is Brian Gocher, and we're here with the Families for Life podcast, another solo episode. We were joined last week by Brian Van Dorn, and we were so thankful to get to reconnect with him. If you haven't checked that episode out, go back and listen. Earlier this year, we did a marriage series. We're gearing up for some other episodes in the future. If you have any ideas or you would like to hear us talk about anything or discuss anything on the podcast, please email us at f4l at oakhillbc.org. Let us know your feedback. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast, give us a review. That helps other people to find us and subscribe to the podcast. Let your friends know about it as well. But on today's episode, we're going to talk about prayer. This is something that I'm sure it's not that popular. I'm sure that as we, you know, pastors really dislike talking about prayer. We dislike talking about giving thing those are two probably of the of the hardest topics not in the sense that we're afraid to talk about it but it's one of those things that people just don't want to hear it <clears throat> they um you know when you talk about these things people tend to tune out uh, I, I don't know why but you know this is just doesn't really bring in people to talk about it i think because these are you know especially prayer it's a, it's a hard discipline, something that's learned. So if you're still listening, you haven't tuned, tuned me out, uh, turned off the podcast, I hope you are still listening. But um, this is something that we need to run to. When we talk about prayer, these are, this is something that we must embrace wholeheartedly in every way, in every aspect. You know, Martin Luther says, as is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to mend shoes, so is it the business of Christians to pray. That's telling us how important prayer is or prayer should be in our lives. We should run to prayer. It should, uh, we should talk about it. We should hear lessons about it. We should hear sermons about it. But we, for whatever reason, this is something that we don't always run to. I think everybody knows that we need to pray but we don't spend the time that we think we need to in prayer. And so I think, I think, you know, I've not met one person that thinks they spend an adequate amount of time in prayer. And because of this, people are convicted and they tend to avoid talking about prayer at all. The other issue is people don't know if they're, they're doing it right. They're self-conscious about it. People have enough trouble praying at home and they certainly don't want to pray in public. This is one of the, the biggest fears of people is praying in public. So, you know, I kind of equate this to when I first started going to the gym and working out a couple years ago, I would see a machine and I would often look up the exercise or that machine on the internet to make sure I'm doing it right. I didn't want to be one of these people that you see in a, a gym fail video where they're using the video or using the machine <clears throat> just in a, a completely wrong way. I didn't want to look like an idiot out there on the gym floor. But here's the thing. 
we can't let fear control us. We need to lean into the spiritual discipline of prayer and not just seek to avoid it because it's uncomfortable or we don't know how to do it or whatever, whatever the reason is. The great thing about prayer is it is something that is learned and it's learned through practice. You know, we can talk and talk and talk, but if we never do it, we will never learn. Recently, we've uh, seen some videos about making bread, uh, making pizza dough. And, you know, I can watch all the YouTube videos I want, but I'm never going to get good at making bread unless I do it several times over and over again. It's not something you can do one time and master. We made some bread in the first loaf. It was okay, but it wasn't anything spectacular. We made a pizza crust uh, one time, and it was like cardboard. <laughs> this is uh, pizza and, and bread, pizza dough and uh, bread from scratch. The second time we made the pizza dough, it was a little better. Well, the kids were saying, hey, this isn't, this isn't all bad. It's not as good as the, uh, not restaurant quality yet, but, you know, I think we try, keep trying it over and over again, and we're going to get better. It takes practice. This is prayer. So we're going to talk today about the theology of prayer. We're going to give some practical application, but we must realize prayer must be practiced. Prayer must be practiced. Before we get into the actual meat of the episode, I want you to remember to take it easy on yourself. A lot of people are so worked up about saying the right things when they pray or feeling guilty because they don't pray enough. Listen, you know, I, I think I, I tend to believe God doesn't care necessarily how, how we pray. There are a few things we'll talk about today. He doesn't care if it's eloquent or, quote, the right way. He simply wants us to pray. So don't get intimidated because God just wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to pray. He wants us to, to, to worship him through prayer and exercise faith through prayer. God wants us to talk to him. So don't worry about doing it right. Uh, really, the, the, the real wrong way to do it is to not do it at all. Now, there's some nuance to that, and we'll talk about that as we go through today. But as we talk about prayer, what is prayer? You know, it blows my mind. Prayer is so important, yet it's so simple. Uh, Wayne Grudem, a theology professor, defines prayer as simply personal communication with God. This is such a simple definition. Of course, there are many facets to prayer, but we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's, it's speaking to God. It's simply speaking to him in our minds, out loud, in private, in public, using our own language in simple ways. Prayer is not exclusive to Christianity. Prayer is practiced by almost every religion. Even people that are non-religious say prayers. They say prayers to the universe, or they instinctively pray to some deity when they feel overwhelmed or feel in trouble. Prayer is, in many ways, an instinctual way to communicate with a deity or whatever you perceive out there. Now, of course, we know from the Christian perspective, from the Bible, there's only one true God. That's the uh, the God that we worship, the God of the Bible. And in that, we understand that we are talking to God, that he hears us, that we are simply saying, communicating with him. This is important to realize because from the beginning of time, since the fall of man, we have sought an audience with God. And that comes primarily through worship and prayer. If you think about it, even the ancient uh, civilizations, 
you know, worshiped gods. They many times created their own gods, but they would worship them. They would pray to them. And it was something that was somewhat instinctual. I believe that we are desperately trying to recover what we lost in the Garden of Eden. Can you imagine how Adam used to walk with God, just just casually talking to him as two people would meet for coffee? He, he would just talk. He would just talk to God. I mean, that just that blows my mind. I think that in many ways we're trying to recapture this. The good news is one day we will have this again. Uh, when we believers are in the new heaven and new earth, we will be in the presence of God once more. But for now, we must stick to prayer. And prayer doesn't have to be complicated. I think that's part of the problem is we overcomplicate it. I remember being intimidated when I was young. I would hear these uh, men in church. I'm not saying they were doing anything wrong. I'm just saying this is nobody taught me any different. I would hear these men in church, and they would say these really eloquent prayers, and I would call it praying in King James, because they didn't talk like this, but all of a sudden it was, Thou dearest Lord, bless thee today as we worship thine glory, you know, and it was turned into all this kind of, this kind of talk, and it was like, is that, is that how you pray? Is that what I need to be saying? Is, is it, is it something like that? And I would get intimidated by it. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be flowery language. In fact, Jesus gives a, a great word in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. He tells his followers, don't continue to Babylon. Don't continue to chant. Don't continue to cry out with many words over and over again. Prayer is simple. Prayer is just simply talking to God. It's 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 worshiping him. There's there's different facets we can we can bring glory and worship and praise his name in prayer. We can bring petitions. We can ask for help. Uh, there's there's all kinds of things we're doing in the midst of prayer, but let's not overcomplicate it. It's simply talking to God, sharing, communicating, building that relationship with him. You know, I have to, if I want to build a relationship with my wife, I have to talk to her. I have to spend time with her. That's the same thing. If we want a relationship with the Lord, which is what we should desire, we need to talk to him. We need to spend time with him. And so why, this this really gets us to the question, why do we pray? We pray because we're expected to pray. Donald Whitney, in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, which is we've recommended several times on this podcast, it is a fantastic book. If you are looking to understand what spiritual disciplines are and how they apply to your life and how to interact with them. This is a great place to start. And Jesus says in Matthew 6 that he tells us to pray, that he tells the disciples there's an expectation to pray. Paul says it in Colossians 4, 2 as well, Thessalonians 5, 17. I mean, there, there is an expectation for Christians to pray. We can also look at examples, heroes of the faith, Moses and Daniel and Hannah and David and Jonah and Job and on and on and on. They all prayed. They all prayed. The biggest example, though, to me is Jesus himself. It was the pattern of Jesus's life to go away by himself and pray. You know, recently I was studying a scripture in Luke 22 for a sermon. I actually wrote an article about this as well. It, it kind of just hit me out of left field. I knew this about Jesus, but I hadn't really thought about it until I was studying this. I hadn't really, I mean, I guess I'd thought about it, but I hadn't really processed it in this way. But 
It says in Luke 22, verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. It says he went there to pray. He went there to, this was the night before he was going to, this was when he, right before he was going to be arrested, the night before he was going to be crucified. And it just, just very casually, Luke throws out, Jesus went out as usual. This was his usual habit. You know, we also see in Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This was his habit. This is what he did often. They didn't put every account, every occurrence of this, but they're they're letting the the author, the gospel writer Luke is letting us know. Jesus had a habit of praying in his life. And if Jesus needed to pray, desired to pray, desired to commune with the Lord, that's all the more reason for us to pray. I'm not really sure we need any other reason to pray that then other than our Lord and Savior did it and we need to we want to emulate him and be like him. So we must be committed to prayer. And there's numerous benefits to prayer. You know, we grow close to God. That's that's so important, building that relationship. We also learn to display faith. Prayer is a faith exercise. When we pray, we are taking something that we have little control or we we feel like we're we can't do anything about oftentimes and we lay it at the feet of our Lord the person who can do something about it. And so prayer can ease our mind and anxiety over things, helps us to you know, release worry and just say, Lord, this is in your hands. Also, God works in our lives. We can't manipulate God through prayer. God is sovereign. He's in control. But God does react to prayers. God answers prayers. God works and moves according to his will. But when we pray, God can move and act because of those prayers. And so it's very important. He wants us. He, he tells us to pray. Put, put those prayers out in faith to him and see him work. It also fills us with strength to live for him. Uh, you know, Jesus tells the disciples in that Luke chapter 22, he says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. So what he's saying is, as you pray, as you spend time with the Lord, it's going to give you strength. Jesus modeled this when he went into the wilderness for 40 days and he was tempted by Satan. He was praying. He was communing with the Lord, building that relationship. And so he was he was continuing to, not that he needed to build his relationship, you understand what I'm saying, but he was continuing to, to pray and draw strength through that prayer from the Lord. And so the same thing is true for us. It fills us with strength to live for him, to, uh, to, you know, resist temptation in our lives. It also helps us to deal with, like I said, to deal with that temptation. The Lord wants us to pray. He's telling us when you face something that is a trial or a temptation in your life, your first uh, place needs to go to your knees. You need to be praying. You need to be lifting that up to him instead of trying to fix it in your own strength or worry about it or go talk to other people about it. You need to pray first. Then you can move and act under the direction of the Lord. The question, though, on my mind is, why don't we pray? Many Christians respond to surveys and things and say this is one of the least practiced spiritual disciplines, and many Christians pray for less than a couple minutes every day. So why don't we pray? Well, Donald Whitney 
in the book points out a couple things. He says prayer is not planned. Prayer is not planned. You know, this to me is a problem of time management and a problem of desire. Because if we desire something, we're going to make time for it, right? If you desire to watch a football game that's important to you, you'll block out that three hours. And unless something crazy happens, somebody goes to the hospital or something insane happens, nothing's going to keep you from that appointment. You, you prioritize that. You've blocked that out. Every day we make decisions and we prioritize things in our lives. So first, it's a problem of desire. Do you want a relationship with the Lord? Do you desire that? Because it's not going to happen without getting into the word and without prayer. Those are the ways that you're going to grow in faith with the Lord. And then it's a problem of time management. Do you, do you, where do you schedule it? Where do you put it? And so you've got to plan your prayer. Number two, we doubt in it will do anything. Many people pray and they don't see an answer or they don't think there's an answer. This is a problem of faith. Um, this is where we need to trust God, and sometimes the answer may not be what we desire. God, I've heard it said, God will answer our prayers with yes, no, or wait. Sometimes it's it's waiting, and we're not patient enough. We don't petition the Lord. You know, it's like with a with a lost family member. We pray for them one time. Why aren't they saved yet? You know, it's one of these things. We need to keep bringing these things up to the Lord. Keep praying for them. Keep filling our mind and, and the hearts with these prayers because that's what faith is. It's continuing to put things out there before the Lord. Number three, you are far from God. You know, when we're when we're far from God, we don't want to pray. When we feel like there's sin in our hearts, there's things that are blocking us from a strong relationship with the Lord, then we don't want to pray with him. This is a problem of relationship. It's really a problem of repentance, of not taking your sins to the Lord and living in continual repentance. Uh, It's a problem of theology, not knowing that God loves you. He desires this relationship with you. He desires you to live in a way to where your life is changed, is, is close to him. You're drawing near to him. Number four, we don't know how. Many people feel like they're not equipped. This is a problem of discipleship. Many people have not been discipled. They don't feel like they have the knowledge. And really, it's about the practice. Because anything in life, I mean, I don't know. There's, there are very few things in life that you immediately walk up to and are good at. I mean, very rarely... Uh, do you have somebody walk up to something, a sport or a, or a project? You know, I've been working on my house. Some there's, there's, you don't, you don't just walk up to a project and all of a sudden you're, you're a master carpenter or a master electrician or a, or a master plumber. You know, these things take years and time to develop. And so you have to learn and grow in your skill. And as you do a project, you learn, okay, next time, when I do this, when I do a similar project, I'll know not to do this, or I'll know to do this. And once again, we can watch videos and we can get tips and things, but until you actually get your hands on the project and you work through it, it's it's not the same until you actually do it. And the same thing with prayer. We've got to get in it. We've got to practice it. And you will get better as you practice. 
Your prayer may be at first like, oh, God, here here I am. I'm, I'm praying. I don't know what to pray. And, and you may start out just kind of fumbling through it. Well, that's honest, okay? And God's okay with that. God wants you to be honest. But as you grow and as you maybe make a list, as you journal, as you write down what your prayers are, you'll begin to grow in that. The great thing is for believers, it says the Holy Spirit is going to guide us in truth. So we have God's Spirit in us, leading us and guiding us. So we don't have to be so afraid when it comes to Bible study, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to the things of God, worshiping Him. The Spirit, if we are walking with the Lord, the Spirit will lead us and guide us in these things. So how do we learn to pray? This is by uh, Donald Whitney in this book, Spiritual Disciplines. Well, just like I've said all along, we pray by praying. We must practice. We learn by doing. That's so important that we don't forget about that. We must continue to practice prayer. Andrew Murray said, reading a book about prayer, listening to lectures, talking about it is very good, but it won't teach you to pray. You get nothing without exercise, without practice. I might listen to a year for a year to a professor of music playing the most beautiful music, but it won't teach me to play an instrument. And then Donald Whitney says in the next paragraph, the Holy Spirit teaches praying people how to pray better. That's one application of John 16, 13, where Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. So you just got to do it. You've got to begin to, to pray, prioritize it in your life, spend time doing it, and you'll get better at it. Number two, you can learn to pray by meditating on scriptures. The word is our guide in prayer. In just a minute, we're going to examine a passage, and we're going to see how we can use that in our prayer lives. But there's so many prayers in Scripture. There's so many things to pray through in God's Word. If you get stuck and you're like, I don't know what to pray, go to the Word. Pray through the Word. In fact, Donald Whitney has a book called, uh, I believe it's called Praying the Word or Praying the Scriptures. I'll link it in the show notes as well. But you can learn to pray by meditating, by reading the scriptures. You can also learn by to learn to pray by praying with others. This can be through a discipleship relationship. We can learn to pray out loud. We can learn to pray at the dinner table with our children we, they, before they go to bed. I mean, all of these things are things we need to learn. We need to learn to pray in public. We shouldn't be shy. We should be filled with confidence that the Lord, that we're, we're giving this prayer to the Lord, not trying to impress those around us. And then finally, by reading about prayer, uh, scriptures, of course, teach us. There's other resources like the books I've mentioned that will drive us to the word and drive us to teach us how to pray. So this passage that I want to examine is in Matthew chapter 6. The first part that Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what you have done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You know, this giving Jesus is giving two examples of how not to pray, negative examples here. You know, looking at some of the Jewish people, especially religious leaders of the day. <clears throat> oh man, public prayer 
was quite a show. And these people would stand in the synagogues. They're standing on the street corners. He's saying only to be seen by others, only to pray so that people would hear their eloquent words and see how holy and righteous that they appeared to be. And what Jesus is saying is that is not true prayer. That is not true communing with the Lord. Now, he's not saying that we do not pray in public because Jesus himself gave us, there are examples where he prayed in public. There's other examples all throughout the Bible. But what he's saying is if all of your prayer, especially when it's in public, is geared towards how to impress others or how we can make ourselves seem holy or righteous, uh, self-righteous, then we're not doing it right. He says, it's better to go into your room, close the door, pray in secret to your to God. So don't worry about what others think. It's about worshiping. It's about communing with the Lord. And then in this passage, also, he gives another example of the pagan people, the Gentiles at this time, going to their various temples where they would worship their gods and their deities. They would be chanting and, and crying out and babbling on and on and on, saying their prayers over and over and over again. And Jesus says, listen, this isn't faith. Faith is putting your prayers out there to the Lord, praying these prayers, and believing that the Lord is going to take care of it or he's going to help in whatever situation. You don't have to continue. Now, that doesn't mean you don't, pray for it like the next day or the next day or throughout the day, but you're not sitting there thinking that because you pray a long time or because you use many words that God is going to somehow show you great favor or God's going to see this great dedication because you're, you're sitting there praying forever and ever and ever. What he's saying is pray, spend the time that's needed, put, put the prayers out there before the Lord, and then have faith believe. Continue on with what you have to do. He tells the disciples, this is how you should pray. And his prayer is very short and sweet. Many people have memorized this. Uh, I don't use this as a as an, a prayer. Like, I, I mean, I don't pray this prayer, but I use this as a model of prayer in my life. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. You can actually use this as a model prayer because what you see Jesus doing is he's acknowledging God in a praise worship type manner. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So you can start your prayers with a time of worship. You can praise God. You can look at some of the great Psalms or any scriptures that point you to the greatness of God, and you can use those and say, God, you are great. You are majestic. I, I'm praising you. I'm giving you glory and honor. And, and you spend that time praising the Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're acknowledging that God is sovereign, that he's in control, that you want God's will to be done in your life, and you want to be under that. You want to submit to that. You're using that as a part of your prayer as well. Then you can move to, it says, give us today our daily bread. This is where we would ask for things. We would talk to God and we would say, God, I need you to help me in this situation. God, can you can you help me with this or that thing? And this is where we ask for God. We put our petitions before him. We also, it says, forgive us our debts 
as we have forgiven our debtors. So we're really moving into a time of confession, we're moving into a time of repentance where we put these, you know, our sins out there, Lord, we we are desiring to be forgiven. And it says to forgive others. So so we're dealing not just with our own sins, but are there other people that have wronged us? How are our relationships with others that we need to pray about? And then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is prayer for your own spiritual well-being as you move forward. You can spend time in prayer asking the Lord to help you in areas that you struggle with, things you challenges you have coming up that you know are going to be challenging, situations that are outside of your control. You can spend time praying about that. So really, if you go through and use this model prayer as sort of an outline for your prayers, it can be a very um, a very beneficial thing. There's all kinds of model prayers out there. You can use, you know, I've heard of people using the Acts method, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So it's a great, um, you know, uh, acrostic that's a model that's going to help you figure out, you know, kind of how to order your prayer. And I think that's important. Those are important. I obviously don't get stuck in those, don't live and die by those, but those can be helpful as you're learning to grow in prayer. What I've learned personally, I wanted to share just a few things that I've learned. This has been something that God has laid on my heart recently. I've been, for whatever reason, as I've been studying, as you know, there are many things that I've been um, looking at that have kind of driven me towards this subject. Here's the thing. You can't force someone to do something and... In that same vein, I cannot be forced to pray. I can't force you to pray. You can't force me to pray. But a strong prayer life comes from a love for the Lord. If you really, truly desire to love the Lord and to show him that love, then you will develop a strong prayer life. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. Uh, you know, it's it's just like anything in life. We've already talked about it. If you want to get better at it, if you want to develop it, you got to make it a habit. You have to work on the skill of prayer. You must make it a priority. Number two, make it a priority. Make it part of your daily routine. So I don't know what you do in your day, but I guarantee you there's there's some time where you have where you could order your life to pray uh, spend dedicated time in prayer. Maybe it's the the first few minutes when you wake up as you're getting a cup of coffee. You're going to spend time reading some scripture and pray. Maybe if you're one of these people that get up and you, I don't understand you people like this, but you you sleep until the alarm till the last minute and your alarm clock goes off. Then you jump in the shower, you run out the door and go to work. I got to have some wake up time, so I, that's when my time is. I wake up in the morning, have a devotion have some prayer time. If I'm, if I am running late, I can use the time in the shower to pray, or I can use time in a commute. A lot of times when I'm on the treadmill at the gym for 10 minutes or so, I will pray or use that time to memorize scripture. So it's just about using, utilizing the time well in your life. There have been times in my life where I've had a lunch break, a dedicate, you know, have to take a lunch break at some jobs. So during that lunch break can be a time where you can do a Bible study, prayer, um, you know, maybe it, maybe you're a person that functions better at the end of the day, right before you go to bed. 
whatever your schedule is, you've got to make it a priority, make it a part of your daily routine. You can also find help with a prayer journal, writing down your prayers, writing down things that you were making a list, uh, praying through scripture, using the model prayer, do something to help you guide your prayer so it's not aimless. There's devotional books and devotional plans you can get on the Version Bible that will help you to develop prayer as well. Number four, you have to stay focused. This is the hard part. You know, when you're praying, it's it's easy to be distracted. Uh, I am a very distractible person. In fact, uh, we I was at a meeting with um, a couple of pastors at lunch, and we were at this restaurant, and they had this, it was a Korean restaurant, and they had the um, TV on some Korean um, soap opera or something. It was like right above our heads, and it was loud. And so while I'm trying to talk to these pastors, I keep getting distracted by this TV. And <laughs> I tell you, I really got into the Korean soap opera in that moment. I didn't understand what they were saying, but I could read the subtitles. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. That's just how I am. I get very distracted. If I have, if I hear a noise, if I have a thought run through my brain, it's bing, I'm over here, bing, I'm over there. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Doug from Up Squirrel. That's That's me. So if you're anything like me, you have to really try to stay focused. You have to really try to put the effort in to, you know, and it's going to take time. You know, um, it's interesting as I'm reading through this spiritual disciplines book, there was a, uh, um, I believe it was George Mueller. There's a whole thing in here about how long he prayed and how much time he spent in prayer and how at first, the first several minutes of his prayer where he says, uh, for the first 10 minutes or quarter of an hour, even half an hour, I only then begin to pray. And he talks about being distracted uh, in his prayer, a wondering mind. And while I don't spend an hour in prayer every morning, you know, I wish I did, but it's something I can work up to. Uh, I do, I do resonate with being distracted. So we have to work on staying focused in that. And that just takes practice and takes time and, and really a strong effort. Number five, we can pray throughout the day. We can live in an attitude of prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that we stay on our knees praying. That means we have an attitude of prayer throughout the day. As we face situations, as we face temptations, as we face trials, as we face just, just joys, maybe even praises, we need to be praying throughout the day to the Lord. Short, simple prayers. You know, the other day I noticed... Uh, something, you know, or there was some situation, I can't remember, that that went really well. I'm thinking, oh, God, thank you so much. I'm, I'm giving you praise for how that worked out. Thank you. You know, short, sweet, simple prayer throughout the day. Number six, pray even when you don't want to. You don't know how to or you don't know what to pray. You know, I love Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit will help us in our weakness. Oh, praise God. God's Spirit will help us in our weakness. He says, he continues to say, For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. See, this is why it's not so important the eloquence of your words, because really even the most eloquent words that we could use, the most... Um, you know the, the the most intelligent, the most scholarly words would still would still pale in comparison to the glory of God. So don't worry about the words you're using, because here it says the Spirit will help us. 
the Spirit will intercede for us. So we don't have to worry so much about the words we're using. We just got to put the words out there. And I love that it says the Spirit will help us in our weakness because as we know and we understand as Christians, we have many weaknesses, but we can rely and trust on the Holy Spirit to help us in all things. So when you are overwhelmed and you don't want to pray, maybe because there's sin in your heart or you just are far from God, you don't know how to pray, or you don't know what to pray, don't worry. Just pray, and God will help you. The Spirit will help you in that time. Finally, pray in faith. Pray according to God's will. So there's two things here that that relate to one another. When we pray, we've got to trust the Lord. You know, James says that the people were praying and not receiving because they were trying to pray to use it on themselves. They weren't, they weren't praying according to God's will in a true, faithful manner. And so we've got to know and say, okay, I'm going to put these prayers out there, but Lord, I pray everything is according to your will. And if it's not according to your will, I don't want it to happen. I want it to happen only in the way that you want it to happen. And so it's really important. We, we will know and learn and understand what God's will is better as we grow closer to him through the word and through prayer. But ultimately, we need to leave it up to the Lord and just say, Lord, if this is according to your will, then I pray that this thing will happen or this thing, you'll, you'll handle this situation, you'll help me with this. But if it's not, then I'm okay either way. And so that's where the faith comes in. Prayer is a faith exercise. Prayer will build your faith like nothing ever before. It will continue to help you to trust the Lord and grow closer to him in faith as you pray. I remember all of these great uh, examples of prayer in um, in you know that I've read about these great stories. I love reading stories, and uh, I've read several books. You know, Jim Cimbala's testimony. He gives uh, there's a book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. I've heard his sermon, "My House Shall Be Called a House of Prayer." How they prayed for his daughter and how she came back to the Lord. Um, you know, one of the books that affected me greatly in my teenage years, I picked up this book called The Cross and the Switchblade about David Wilkerson was a country preacher, moved to New York in the 50s to try to reach inner city teenagers. He had a youth home and and that whole home operated much in the same way George Mueller, as he talks about in uh, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life, how they operated off of prayer and how people would bring their their need, they would just pray about it and then people would appear and, and give them resources. There's one story in this book about how they prayed. They woke up, they had no food in the house and they just, uh, David said, hey, we're going to pray about this and they began to pray. No sooner had they said a prayer than a lady arrived and said that she was praying and the Lord told her to bring this exact amount of money to them at their youth home. And it was what they needed for food for that day. And it's just amazing to me. There are so many testimonies of believers, testimonies from my own life, testimony after testimony after testimony of how prayer and faith are used in someone's life. And so we've got to continue to pray. We've got to continue to read these examples and be encouraged by them. But but these are not the, the out of the norm. These are not something that that are just because these people are special in some way. These are just people that are dedicated, they love the Lord, and they believe and trust in the Lord. And so as you in your own life are walking 
and you're 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 walking in the faith, you're you're going along, you have to make prayer a huge part of your uh, of your faith, of your Christianity. And we've got to increase in prayer. We've got to grow this in our lives. Many people, many people speculate that if the, the Christian church would become a praying church, if the people of God would become praying people, then God would move and work in ways that we just can't even imagine. He's just waiting for us to to pray and to 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 be faithful to him in the midst of this. So I don't know. I don't know. But what do we have to lose if we try and we spend tons of time in prayer and we commune with the Lord and build our relationship? What have we lost? Nothing. Nothing. So we need to continue to pour into our relationship, pour into prayer. I'm convicted of this. Now, I speak to you as somebody who does not have this all figured out. God is continuing to convict me in this area, and I'm striving and struggling and fighting to grow in this discipline. I would love to say, sit here and say, yeah, I, I pray an hour every day. That's just not true. But I do, the Lord has convicted me, and I am striving and struggling. And so I think we should all, as Christians, continue to grow in this. So you may not be where you want to be, and that's okay. You need to continue to grow, continue to strive, continue to press in to prayer in your lives. I hope this has encouraged you. I want it to be challenging. I don't want it to be, I mean, obviously challenging things are convicting as well, but I'm not trying to come down because I am just like you in wanting to be better in this discipline as well. So uh, I hope this has helped. If you have any feedback, please send it to me in the email, f4l at okilbc.org. If you want to continue to pray for us, we could definitely use prayer at the church. We're continuing to search for a youth pastor and a student pastor, and so if you could pray for us in that way. Obviously, it's Easter coming up. You're hearing this probably after Easter, but we're continuing to pray that through Easter, God would help us to build relationships with people, continue to grow in that And it wouldn't just be about attending church for one day, but it would really be about what God can do to change lives and how he, through the power of the gospel, of course, and then people being discipled and growing close to him. So we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for all that is is happening. And we ask that you would just continue in that and we will continue to pray for you. We, uh, I guess that's it today. And uh, we'll see you next time. 